Hello to all of my loyal listeners out there. I hope everyone is doing well. I just wanted you to know that Coach T is back from maternity leave. And guess what? I have now started back up the coaching courses. Be sure to go to www.cu-nw.com to find out more information about which class is suitable for you. Back to the show. What's good? It is your girl, Coach T. That is right, Tierra Curry. First off, I just want to thank you, my listeners, my loyal listeners. We are growing on this platform. And I just want to take out time to say thank you to each and every last one of y'all that, you know, have been listening since day one and that continue to support and that switch from other platforms to continue what we're doing here. So I just want to say thank you to all of my listeners, but check this out. My next guest is one of the most amazing, kind-hearted businesswomen that I have met in quite some time. Now, as you begin to listen in, you're going to see her wisdom and, and her vision is on point with the journey. Jealousy, excuses, age shaming, weight shaming, and just looking all dull. There's just no place for this on this show today with this guest because she's coming with the thunder. Ladies and gents, please welcome visionary, neighborhood girl, and entrepreneur, Camille Flynn. Hey, Camille, how are you doing today? I'm doing wonderful. How are you, Coach? <laughs> oh, man, I'm doing good. I'm so glad to have you on. Thanks for accepting my invite. Oh, thank you for having me. I really appreciate it. Because you are a busy, busy, busy woman. Um, so, hey, this is this is an honor. So I'm just going <laughs> to hop right into the interview. Before we get started, what exactly is a neighborhood girl? Because I know you refer yourself to that quite often. Yes. So I'm a neighborhood girl. I'm your everyday, ordinary, hardworking person. And I just said I spoke life over myself. Neighborhood girl going global. Because I believe that's where I will be in the near future. And it's already starting to manifest. So I believe in speaking over your life where you see yourself going. And that's what I've been doing ever since. Absolutely. Now, now you've delved into a few things before becoming the influencer that you are on um, today. Now, like you've been working in social care. There was a point where you were selling jewelry and even working in cosmetics. You worked for one of the top... Um, cosmetic companies that I, I would say is the top in the, in the world. Um, could you give us a brief story from your earlier days on the job? Yes. <laughs> so <laughs> earlier job, I'm going early, early. I'm taking it way back. Oh, yes. Um, I was actually a social worker mm. for a number of years. Um, I worked in mental health. I worked in crisis, uh, on crisis teams in social work. And I enjoyed what I did. However, I realized very quickly that that was not my true passion or my true calling. Um, during that journey in social work, I find myself just inundated with heavy caseloads. And, you know, in my mind, when I finished college, I really set out to save the world. That was my goal, to help everybody I could, to do whatever I could. And then I realized, wow, that's a, that's a big task. It's yeah. kind of daunting. Yeah. And then what I, I found is that that's not where my true passion was. Mm -hmm. And I took a career shift from the social work arena. I've always loved entertainment. I've always loved fashion and always loved cosmetics. So I stayed in social work for about eight years. Mm. And I've had some interesting experiences in, in social work. Uh, I just never fit in. And for the longest time, I always thought it was me. Um, I dealt with corporate bullying when I worked in uh, that field and different things. And I said, well, what is it? What is it? I, I had to start talking to God because I would just be so upset every day I would come home from work. Um, I felt like I was being bullied in different, you know, different things like that. I said, something isn't right with this. Mm -hmm. And I had to search deep within myself to realize that's not where I belong. 
um, I quickly realized, you know, certain arenas and certain jobs have certain cultures that are already set. And if you are that creative brain person such as myself, I quickly realized that's not where I belong. So I took a shift and changed into a different career path. I went from there to radio to uh, cosmetics in which, you know, even now to this very day, people, who doesn't love MAC cosmetics? I have to say because <laughs> I still rock MAC. <laughs> yes, yes. So <clears throat> I uh, worked in cosmetics uh, for like assistant manager for, well, five years mm. and uh, even longer doing freelance work. And I loved it. I could be my creative self. I could come to work smiling, having fun with people, meeting people from all over the world working in cosmetics because you'd be surprised how much as simple as applying makeup to someone's face made them feel better about who they were. Correct. And I realized, okay, that was part of my calling. So, I listen, I could go on about that forever and ever for days, but that's a short snippet of uh, my journey. That's a short snippet. Yes, and I mean... Why didn't you just decide to be complacent and, and stay? Because you was assistant manager. And, yeah. um, you know, like some sometimes when people are in that transition, they know they have a gift. They know they have a higher calling, something yearning for more of them. But they're like, I got these bills to pay and I need this right now money. I mean, what what did it for you to decide that I have to do something better? Well, just, I, I just feel like this is what happened to me. So God always has his little angels that are on earth that give us nuggets. Like you have random strangers say things to you. You'd be like, oh, my God, how does she know that? Or how does he know that? Mm-hmm. And when people say, I see you doing such, you know, such more than what you're doing. Like, why are you still here? You're so much bigger than this. And when you hear that so many times, you're like, okay. Okay, like you know it, uh-huh. but sometimes you have that tug of war within yourself. It's like, if I step out and move, I still got bills to pay, still got, you know, things going on. And so when you hear that repeatedly over and over and over again, you have to figure out then what is my next move. So you still have to be strategic about it. Um, and what's so funny is um, even... In the midst of that, I listened to Steve Harvey one day. He was on the radio, and I'll never forget. I was on my way to work, and he was talking about how you need to jump. Just jump. Yeah. Just do it. Mm-hmm. Like, you might jump off the cliff. You're going to feel, you're going to have some bumps and bruises. You know, you're going to get hit by the rocks, and you're going to get scuffed, and you're going to get scraped. But that never left me when he said jump. Mm-hmm. And I said, you know what? I'm going to jump. And that's what I did. So you took Mr. Harvey's advice, yes. Hmm? So you took Steve Harvey's advice, yes. That's some. That was some great <laughs> advice to take because uh, I, I remember hearing him say that. Man, when I get, um, you know, when I think about people of great influence and how they start, I love testimonies. I live for it, as you can see. And um, I remember him saying how easy it is to become a millionaire, how easy it is to become successful. And he was talking about that jump. Now that jump, mm-hmm. it sounds so scary at first. Cause you're like, jump, you know, well, it is. Yeah. It, it's very scary because it's the unknown. Cause mm-hmm. once you jump, then you start kind of almost second guessing yourself. Like, can I really do this? Yes. Am I, am I really cut out for this? Mm-hmm. Can I really survive without a safety net? Can I really survive without a nine to five? Mm-hmm. So you kind of start going through the second guessing and questioning yourself. Did I do the right thing at the right time? Yep. You know, you just kind of step out on faith. Yes. And for me, I've always had the type of personality. I've always just loved people. I love empowering people. I never meet a stranger. If anything, my daughter was always, when we would go to some place, like before COVID, <laughs> She's like, God, Mom, and you're going to talk to everybody we run into in the mall. <laughs> and that's just who I've always been all of my life. Mm-hmm. And so certain jobs didn't like that part about me. Like some people don't like you to be happy. They don't mm-hmm. like you to come to work with a smile on your face. Right. And I've experienced that on my jobs where I've had people to set me up to only fire me because of my happiness. Oh, my goodness. Uh-uh. And I thought that was the craziest thing. And I couldn't figure out the why. I hadn't done anything to them. 
but not everybody is in a happy place in their life. Mm-hmm. So it's easy to take their frustration out on you, especially if they're in a management role. They have more power over you at that moment, but not knowing who God created me to be is way bigger than any job. Mm. Come on now. So when, job, when God is your boss, it's a whole nother ball game. Whole nother mm. ball game. You got me. And uh, <laughs> I've, I've had some experiences where when I purchased certain types of cars, I, I had to hide my car a block away because uh, I had one job where they saw what I was driving the manager, and I'll never forget. She said, well, how can you afford to drive that car? What? And uh, she started cutting my hours back. Oh, uh, you know, not knowing how I was paying for the car, but she was just worried about how dare I have a car better than hers. So, you know, that's just, that's just one situation of, of what I've gone through on my journey. But, you know, that would be, we'd be on here all night long. <laughs> so if, <laughs> if I'm here with you all of the nuggets. Exactly. All of the, the, the stresses and the things that I went through, it built me into the woman that I am today. So I needed that. I needed all of those haters and mean people that were condescending to me and, and dealing with the bullying work because it helped me to create a thicker skin. Yeah. Because it doesn't stop. Please know that. Even as an entrepreneur, it doesn't stop. Because mm. people don't always like to see your light shine. So when your light starts shining and it gets brighter and brighter, understand the demons get bigger and bigger. Mm. So y'all hear that yeah. out there, right? Like she's dropping some gems, man. Uh, I was going to say that's straight up hateration and fear. Um, what she experienced, I could probably bet anything on that. And, and also what I've experienced and a lot of you is fear mm-hmm. from upper management or coworkers fear that mm-hmm. you may take their spot because someone yeah. is watching at all times, your uh, customer service skills and your mannerisms. So it's fear that you may bump them out. And then just uh, it's, it's a control issue. And then some people mm-hmm. just really don't want you to succeed. And in customer service, which is pretty much what we all do, um, mm-hmm. you're supposed to be happy and bubbly and, and you know, talk with the customers. It's um, building that rapport. So I don't right. get you it. Think so. You would think so. Yeah. Even in the midst of that, some people still don't like you to be happy because they're not happy. So yes. instead of them dealing with their own issues, they'll try to bully you. You have adult bullies now. It's not just children that get bullied. You get people <clears throat> that are bullied daily on their job. But because they don't have their, any other alternative, they stay. And that's stressful when you have to deal with that. It's very stressful. Yes, it is. And you mentioned Mm -hmm. something. I want to go off the script a little bit. You mentioned that as an entrepreneur, it doesn't stop. Mm -hmm. Um, Are you are you mentioning from like family, friends, spectators, um, other entrepreneurs? What? How? Yeah, definitely. Okay. You have family and you will lose friends. I've lost a lot of friends on this journey. Those who I thought that were friends. You lose a lot of people. God will start plucking those that cannot go on the journey with you. It's not cliche about it. When you think about yourself, and this, I love using analogies, but you're like a rocket ship. So when you think about, when you see the rocket, when they do the launch from NASA, as that rocket goes out of orbit, goes into, you know, outer space, there are pieces of it that falls off. There's the same, that same thing will happen with people that cannot go where you're going. And it's hurtful because some of these people have been your riders, like some people say, your riders for years, 20, 30, 40 years that have been your friends. But you quickly see the more successful you become, some of those people will fade away. They'll just fade to black because your light is getting so bright and then it's like they can't handle that. They, They have a hard time with that. And you have to be okay with letting those people go. Because God is pruning those people away from you. They can't stay. They're like weeds. They can't stay around you. They'll strangle you. You can't. Yes. And they'll suffocate your gift or they'll try to sabotage it. Mm. So you have to be okay with that. And then God will send you and put people in place to help you to get to where it is that you're trying to go. I've had total strangers reach out to me. But because they see me on my social media platform, they'll reach out to me. So maybe that's that's so important. 
Mm-hmm. So, yeah, yeah. Um, so maybe that's why we go through it at the beginning, like when we're working regular nine to fives, um, the bullying and even as a child, maybe that's why we go through it, because once we do finally, um, you know, operate in our calling, just know that it won't stop, but we'll be stronger enough to handle it. Well, we should be, you know, at that point. So Right. You can, because this, you know, this time, by the time you get to wherever you're going in your entrepreneurial journey, you'll be able to identify and be like, oh, okay, now I see it. I see it. Yeah. You know, I've been through this before, so I, you already know what it looks like, smells like, the whole nine. Correct. <laughs> Correct. You know? <laughs> Look like, so smile like. will kind of go off a little bit be like, oh, okay, all right, I see. Like, you tell people, hey, girl, hey. <laughs> Yes, I love it. Um, Okay, now I was uh, pretty shocked when you told me that you were bullied as a young Camille Flynn, but um, Mm -hmm. I was really shocked when you told me which part of your um, curvature was was criticized. Now, can you explain to us what that was like being bullied at that time? Oh, God, it was horrible. Uh, That bullying went on uh, every day. And the young lady, what made it worse is that the young lady that bullied me attended the same church I did. We rode the same school bus every day together. And it was awful. And what she bullied me about was my clothes. And the crazy thing is, and when you're a child, you're not really old enough to handle these situations. You know, you handle them the best way you can. Uh, my mother, because I was always a chubby child, my clothes used to come from, like, boutique stores. They had, like, little kid boutique stores at the time that she would purchase my dresses from. Or at the time, Sears and Roebuck used to order stuff out of catalogs because I was chubby. At the time, they had clothes. They used to call them the Husky section. Why they named it the Husky section, Ugh. I don't know. I just thought that was the worst name in the world they could have ever come up with. But my mother dressed me the best she could because of my size. I felt like I always looked nice, but I couldn't go to the average regular shoe stores because I had fat feet. So then we had to go to here. We have a shoe store in, in the Georgia area. It was called the Globe Shoe Store. And they have beautiful shoes. They're a little more pricey shoes, but that's what she had to purchase for my feet because they were so big. Now, were they stylish? Not all the time because here I am with I'm a child with adult feet. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so every day I would go to school, this girl would pick at me, you know, oh, you thank you this, oh, you thank you that, just all the time non-stop and so that went on for a while until I decided to fight back and so the funny thing was my dad I I don't want to cuss on the show but (laughs) my advice my dad gave me I took it to heart Mm. and let's say that stopped the next day Mm. (laughs) I did exactly what he told me to do (laughs) that ended the bullying but yeah I dealt with that for for a minute Uh, I might have been I'm trying to even remember how old I was Maybe eight or nine, uh, and it was it was terrible. That's crazy. I mean, this girl was just mean. This horrible. That's crazy. And then you said that your your hindsight. Now people look at you know big old bus now, and it just it's just like oh my goodness, like yes. Oh yeah, like people are adding to booties. You know, bus wasn't always a thing that was fashionable. Mm. Not when I was coming up, and for me to be. In the sixth grade with a grown woman's butt, that was nothing cute back then. I'm 53 now. So that was maybe like, what, the late 70s, middle 70s as a child? And so uh, kids used to poke fun at me because I always had a big butt as a little girl. And it's so funny, the same people that picked at me then now see them kind of hefty themselves now. So, you know, it's interesting. (laughs) But uh, it was always tough. And I remembered I would always go to a place in my mind that when I got older, I would design clothes that looked nice, that fit really nice, or looked pretty for people of size. So I, my mother would always get me, like, uh, at the time, Spiegel catalog that always carried nice things, or JCPenney catalog, or Vogue magazines. Like, I like to look at stuff like that as a kid. I wasn't about reading little children's books. I was always into fashion. So I would sketch out things. Like, okay, when I get older, I'm going to wear this and I'm going to wear that at a younger age. So it was more flattering. So I thought about that when I was a little girl. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. 
That is so beautiful. So that was my escape in my mind, you know, or I wore long shirts to cover my butt even when it was hot outside, just anything to cover so people wouldn't pick at me as a kid. As a kid. Yes, and I know y'all out there listening can relate because um, as I was coming up, it was my big old forehead and my big juicy lips, and I was so I'm wearing bangs trying to cover up my forehead, and um, <laughs> but you know it's all right because now I got somebody to like it. So hey, you better believe it, and now they're paying for it. Okay, <laughs> <laughs> yes, they pay. <laughs> People are now spending a lot of money mm-hmm. to get it done. How about mm-hmm. that? Yep. So, hey, so we're not worried about that no more. Now, was it your own anatomy that fueled you to write the book, Does Your Weight Make You Wait? And can you explain what that book focuses on? Yes. So it did um, spark me to write, Does Your Weight Make You Wait? So it wasn't all, it's not always the physical weight that makes you wait. Sometimes it's also the mental weight that makes you wait. Mm. It makes you put off doing uh, projects. It makes you put off pursuing another career path. It makes you put off applying for that job in the fashion industry because you feel like you're not the perfect size of what they're looking for. And so I talk about my journey from childhood all the way up through an adulthood, um, instances that have happened to me. I uh, have auditioned for parts for different things. And because I was plus size, I couldn't just go to the rack and pull a, a blazer and a pair of slacks and slip it on. And then the director said, okay, you're on set, you're next, we need you on whatever, whatever. I couldn't do it. And yeah. so I realized, I said, well, if I can't fit in their lane, I'll create my own. Yeah. And that's been the best thing in the world for me. Because, you know, it wasn't always flattering to be plus size, as I said before. Mm-hmm. You think about mainstream, even with music, plus size wasn't always a thing. They would show certain performers, I won't mention their names, mm-hmm. they show from the neck up, had killer stellar voices. Yes. Like the yes. only time you could be on TV and plus size they can sing is if you saw gospel. Mm. And people would say that to me now, be like, girl, you look like you can sing. And I'm saying like, mm. well, what the hell does that look like? Because I'm heavy. So I just tell them, no, no, I don't, I don't sing at all, even though I do. But, you know, it's people's perception of when they see a heavy person, they automatically assume, oh, girl, you look like you can sing. What? So I share that journey because, you know, that's part of the information in my book. I talk about that as well, um, being heavy. And how people treat me. And I interview people. I'm still working on the documentary piece to film, and I'm going around traveling, well, before COVID, I was interviewing people on how have they dealt with the weight? What has it made them wait for? And what I found out is that not only plus-size people deal with weight issues, people that are extremely thin have the same challenges and the same bullying. So it just goes from one spectrum to another. It's not just heavy. You have very thin people that are bullied as well because they're too skinny. They've had their siblings to poke fun at them and say, oh, your legs look like toothpicks or they look like whales. And so you have a community of people that are still suffering in silence as adults. Those words, are they're still holding on to that. I mean, I've had people, when I interview them, they just break down and cry. And they're in their 50s and 60s because of words that their, their siblings have said to them or their, their parents or aunts or ugly cousins, mean cousins, you know, saying <laughs> ugly words to them that have stigmatized them and almost paralyzed them in, in their life. And so many people walk around with this stigma of what people think about them. It stops them from being who they truly are based upon what somebody said, whoever planted that negative seed. And so I'm here to change the narrative. I'm here to kick the ceiling in. I want to keep going straight on through the stratosphere. And I want other people to do the same. Don't let with someone else's expectations of you stop you from being who it is that you are supposed to become. Don't do it. Push through it. I don't care if you got to cry, scream, whatever. Even if nobody believes in you, but you and God, and it will get to that point, yeah. which is you and God. He's he the only one believing what you're doing. Everybody else, it won't make sense. And some people you can't share that with anyway. But all of that is expressed in my book, and uh, yeah. So you know, um, 
when you mentioned that, uh, man, I'm over here just just going back down memory lane because I too had dealt with uh, being over overweight. I was 252, mm-hmm. um, but I think about Kelly Price, one of the most right. talented people in the world. Um, had to deal with that stuff, especially in the start of her career. And Patti LaBelle, I, I want to say she mentions that in her book, um, Patti's Pearls, when she first went to audition, how they was laughing at her. You know, the people that could have positioned her to, to uh, level up laughed at her. But when she opened her mouth um, and song, right. you know, so it's just it's right. just not fair that because you're big, um, well, you must be a, you must be a good cook or you must be able to sing good or something like that. Even the clothes, like when I was plus size, when I tried to find clothes that would look good and make me feel good about myself, they were always, mm-hmm. um, certain prints, like, <laughs> like prints. Right. I'm like, why can't we look nice? Even our bras look boring and this and that. So I'm glad that you were able to embrace that and say, let me create a lane of my own, but that can help mm-hmm. others. Cause, um, when you look at Camille Flynn, it's like from the beginning, she had this heart and this driven mindset to help, um, from when she was bullied as a child to saying, you know, mm-hmm. she, she wants to do something about that and make clothes and this and that to wanting to be a social worker and give. And, um, and, and even now I'm just glad that you have embraced this and, and, and found a way to help people. So does your weight make you wait? And even on the mm-hmm. mental level, how that weight can weigh you down or whatever you're dealing with. So, um, the, it can. yeah. And the smaller people, um, to be honest, I have not thought about that, that they yeah. dealt with stuff too, as it pertains to And a lot to of us don't. Yeah. A lot, and a lot of us don't think about it because <clears throat> we look at things from our perspective and what our experiences are. Uh-huh. So I had no idea until I uh, interviewed a young lady that was very thin in her teen years, but her family was just so derogatory. And I was like, wow. And I had to tell her, I said, I never thought about skinny people having a problem with other people bullying them because they were too skinny. Because I've only seen it from my realm and my perspective of my end of the spectrum plus size. Yeah. And I even changed the narrative as to what I call myself. I always say luck body woman. <laughs> yes. And uh, my friend said, leave it up to you to come up with that. I said, well, you think about it. When you look at a luxury car, honey, it's got a big fat back mm. and those nice, cozy, comfy seats when you sit in it. Yeah. And people love riding them. They love it. That's yeah. what I said. So I said well, we luck body ladies. Yes. That's we what I said. Yeah. Yes, ma'am. That's what I said. Yeah. When I first saw Lux by, I said, this I don't know what it is, but it's got to be something about luxury and looking stylish. Yeah, that's, that's what right. I said. Are, our bodies are absolutely beautiful. And I don't, I would never, I don't like people to do body shaming. Yeah. Like I had someone on Instagram and this person used to train me. And I was like, why are you body shaming on Instagram? You're a trainer. Wow. Like that's deterring people from ever wanting to reach out to you because of your comment. Now mm-hmm. he stated that it's not what he meant. But I was like, that's what it's coming across as. Mm-hmm. And I'm a plus-size woman, and I felt offended by it. So I can only imagine what other people felt when they read your comment. Yes, yes. And so I don't know if he took it down or not, but it just struck a chord. Like, people just don't know what folks are going through mm-hmm. from day to day. Like, people, everybody doesn't want to be fat. Everybody doesn't want to be overweight. You just never know what has happened to people traumatically in their lives to cause weight gain. Exactly. It's not as easy to just say, I'm going to push away from the table and stop eating, or I'm going to go mm-hmm. jog around the park, or I'm going to go walk, or I'm just going to eat chicken and beans or chicken and a salad every day. It's not that easy for everybody. Correct. A lot of people are just trying to survive from day to day. And going through this pandemic has made it mm. even that much more, it's made it even worse. Because a lot of places you can't go, um, some people are, are not well or they just can't get out. They don't have transportation. They've lost their job, so they can't buy groceries. You know, it's just a number of things that could play into it. And I just feel like we as people need to be more compassionate to people and more sensitive as opposed to being insensitive 
to folks that are dealing with their weight. And there's different issues, how people maneuver every day. Just relax. Give people a break. Life is hard. You know? And nobody should be pointing the finger at nobody because everybody has their thing. For some, it it may be, um, you know, they can't simply just push away the the plate. For others, it may be you, you, you take care of your pain by, you know, sleeping with all these people or drinking or popping pills or whatever. Everybody has their, their thing that they do, um, that they need Mm -hmm. to balance or omit. So nobody really has, um, the right to do that. And then they're also, like you said, there's a number of things, but then, um, there's also uh, um, thyroid issues and health issues that some people have, right. too. So don't just look right. and judge, you know? And people don't take that to, into consideration. And I have encountered some of the meanest people on, on flights. Now, oh, that's where wow. people get really ugly, on flights. On flights. And, uh, yeah, because God forbid you're too heavy and people see you coming down the aisle I've seen and I've heard people make snide comments about people getting on the flight. Um, I've sat next to someone, and I've lost weight since that, but kind of like they squeeze them, like they don't want you to touch them. And in my mind, I'm like, well, hell, where's your private jet? With a companion, you're going to sit next to somebody, okay. and nobody knows what the size is going to be. So either get over yourself or get on another flight. Just get off. Go walk or rent a car. <laughs> but people are so mean. Like, people are just cool. Mm-hmm. They're cool. Mm-hmm. On the plane, you got to tell me something different. Okay. Um <laughs> Now, one thing I thought that was pretty cool um, about your journey as well was that you actually used to do full makeovers for battered women. And mm-hmm. I, I just think that was so phenomenal. Now, could you share uh, that journey? Hey, 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 it is your girl, Coach T. Look, I know this is a good show, but let me pull you to the side for a minute now. Oftentimes, things come down in our lives and it pushes back the dreams and the goals that we have. Kids, school, work, relationships, etc. And with our day-to-day hectic schedule and life complexities, it's easy to feel like, how can I get anything else done? Well, guess what? You can get that book published. You can establish your very own LLC. And you can work on those goals that's been pondering around in your mind all this time. That's where Coach T comes in at. If you are ready to put in the work, I'm ready to help you mastermind those things. I'll be more than happy to help lighten up the load by working on your behalf hands on. All right. Now, in return, you'll have more time on your hands to get back to what's important to you. And you can finally walk in your now with accomplished goals. Visit www.cu-nw.com now and select the coaching course that's most suitable for you. Now back to the show. Definitely. Uh, that. That particular movement that I did was called Flatter What Matters. So what happened was I did like a, a, a challenge or I just put this out there. And it was just something I wanted to do to help people. Who And I asked the question, who do you know that needs a makeover? Well, I received an overwhelming response from that. People, I told them to send me an email. Why do they think this person deserves a makeover? So out of the emails, I picked might have been maybe 10 women, mm-hmm. and uh, I knew the majority of the ladies, but you know how you don't know things about people, and so I created an experience for them. I reached out to some of my friends in the industry of hair and makeup, and they, you know, welcomed. They jumped on board with me to help. I reached out to a boutique that was willing to sponsor the clothing, wow. and I reached out to another friend that had a limo company. I reached out to a friend that had a florist. So I made their day an experience. So they had breakfast, fresh flowers, a limo ride to uh, a hair salon where all the stylists were there waiting to greet them. And I got, like, their clothing size and everything. We made a full day of it and did before and after pictures. Wow. 
When we finished doing the makeover on the ladies, we interviewed them one by one privately and just kind of videotaped. And I just wanted to find out how did it make them feel. Mm-hmm. And, Coach, when I tell you, I was just in awe. There were several other ladies that said no one had ever told them in their life that they were beautiful. Uh, 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 uh. So can you imagine being an adult? Uh, This particular lady was a doctor, professor. She said she had never had anyone to tell her that she was beautiful and that she had been in an abusive relationship for years. I never knew this. Never had an inkling. This person that abused her, she had gone through it from... Uh, high school, and this gentleman followed her all the way to college with the abuse. So she always grew up thinking that she was unattractive. Uh, She was married, but she still never felt pretty until the day she received her makeover, and that's just one. Mm. The other young lady that uh, we did the makeover on, she had some sexual trauma in her life, and she carried herself dressing as a man. She felt if she dressed more masculine, that no one would ever bother her again. But she got to the point where she was tired of dressing that way. So when we did the makeover on her, she was just in tears. Goodness. I mean, we all, everybody just cried, but it was like an awakening for these ladies. They were like caterpillars that were coming out of the cocoon and turned into beautiful butterflies into the world. That is so good. And uh, uh. it was just amazing. And from that work, uh, I I can't take full credit for it all by myself. Like I said, I had a team of people to help me. I received an award from an organization out of Atlanta, still standing award for my work in doing the makeovers for the battered women. But it was just a beautiful beautiful thing to watch and to see their faces come alive and just for them to light up and to actually just bask in that glow. And they've been going ever since. You know, they haven't stopped. So, wow. Yeah. You know, and I, when I was at a book signing, signing out my book, I had the pleasure of meeting another author that uh, was a, um, a survivor from abuse and she answered the question that a lot of us that are not victims of abuse get asked, which was, um, why can't you just pack up and leave if this person is doing this to you? Well, I found out that a lot of times the abuser gets their mind first. They get in their head space. So those ladies that you helped, uh, I'm, I'm pretty sure whoever was, you know, doing this to them made them feel like nothing. But once you were able, you and your team were able to help these ladies to actually see that beauty and then you mm-hmm. pampered them. Like, I didn't know you had a whole team. You had a whole team for these ladies mm-hmm. and you yeah. probably helped them out more than you would ever know. Man. Yeah. Yeah. It was just a, it was a blessing to be able to do it. And the blessing was the people that I reached out to were just so willing to help. Like, that was the, mo- that was the most uh, touching thing for me. Yeah. Like, I had uh, five or six hairstylists and several makeup artists. And, you know, it was just, I was just overwhelmed in tears. Mm-hmm. Because I always feel like, and I tell people, in this particular song, is just, it's, I know it's cliche-ish, but it's like, if I can help somebody as I pass along, then my living shall not be in vain. And I mean that. I live by that. So anybody that I could help, I help. Whenever I can, I do. So, yeah. Wow, that's good. Ooh, that sounds like, what's her name? Oh, I can't say what's her name. Now I can't even say it because y'all going to look at me like I'm crazy, but. She's amazing. <laughs> Phenomenal woman. <laughs> I got you. I got you. You know that. <laughs> there we go. That's good. I got stuff. you. I got you. My answer. Yes. Thank you. Yep. Yep. <laughs> edit yep. that out yes. for sure. I'm going to edit that out. <laughs> okay. Yes. Um, now, this is most of us only dream about meeting Oprah Winfrey, but you actually mm-hmm. got a chance to work with her, to meet her, and to tour. Uh, could you please mm-hmm. explain that experience with us and your first time meeting her? Oh, my God. <laughs> it, <laughs> it was breathtaking. I felt like I was going to pass out. 
working on the tour with Miss Winfrey was life changing for me again. The opportunity, the moment I had to meet her, I'm just going to share with you what that moment was like in time and space. Yes. So she was coming around the corner with her team, and she was getting ready. I heard like all this fluff around the people coming around the corner, and it was her. And she was getting ready to get on the elevator. It's funny, we have a clip. Someone recorded it. Thank God they did. And I just yelled out to her because I'm one of those people, like, you, sometimes you only get that one shot. Yes. And I yelled out to her because she and I actually know we have a mutual friend. <laughs> and I said, Ms. Winfrey, you and I have a mutual friend. And she said, who is it? And I yelled the person's name. And she stopped the elevator and security and everybody. She's like, wait a minute, what's your name? And so I told her. And she's like, okay, Camille Flynn, got it. And after that, she got on the elevator, and then we went downstairs. I met her again, and that's when we had the opportunity to talk. Oh, no. Nah. Hold on. But I hold just on. felt hold like on. my soul mm. left my body. <laughs> As I was talking to her, I was listening to her. So, you know, like Charlie Brown, like I felt like I zoned out for a minute. So, for like two <laughs> seconds, I'm like, womp, 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 womp. Yes. Womp, <laughs> 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 womp, womp. That's what I felt like. And I had to do, like, I had to shake myself on the inside, like, get it together, girl. Get it together. <laughs> and then it was like, okay, then I came to, you know, it probably goes a more than a few seconds. But I'll never forget the nuggets that she shared with me. They were just priceless. And... Uh, working on the tour and being in those coliseums and in those arenas where there were some arenas up to 17,000 people. Wow. To pull the curtain back and you could hear a pin drop when Ms. Winfrey was on stage was like, my God. When the words that come out of your, out of your mouth are so powerful that there's just a hush. Mm-hmm. over the Coliseum, you a bad chick. My and people held on to that. People needed that. That vision tour, your life in focus, it gave people a reset. And even for those of us that work the show, it helped us to get a reset for our lives. You know, where it is that we want to go to pursue your dreams? What does that look like for you? And to work on yourself every day. So we, we, we held on to that. Like, I have the journals from it, you know, different things, such as merchandise. But we had the opportunity to interact with every person that came into those arenas because of where we were positioned. So I hugged over 15,000 people when they came in. This was pre-COVID now. It was, you know, right before COVID kicked off. But you had the chance to embrace and hug people. And because I worked with the team on that tour, People loved up on you as if you were Oprah. Mm. But I enjoyed that because that's part of who I am anyway. So I loved it. It was like having a job that I could be who I really am, a lover of people, nobody judging me, and I'm getting paid to smile and be happy that I generally am to people. I loved it. Like, that was the best thing in the world. It was amazing. Let me tell you, uh, you can always, Miss Flynn, always, always, always never feel any hesitation when the next time you go on tour, you take me with you. You hear? Take me with you. <laughs> Ooh, that. I got you. I tell you, I so miss, tra- I miss traveling, you know, because of COVID. I just won't go anywhere. Yeah. And uh, I have older parents. So I always, I'm very, very careful with that, you know. Yeah. But I do miss uh, traveling. I miss it. I miss it so much. And, really and, and you know, one. But those experiences were great. Absolutely. Because, um, I mean, one would say, well, how did you position yourself to meet her? But it sounds like it was just your time. It was your moment. You met her twice in one day. Did I hear that? Right. right? Exactly. And God, it, well, she was on my vision board. So wow. I'm a firm believer of creating vision board. I believe in writing things down and making it plain. So when you create your vision board, whatever you see for yourself, you put it on that vision board. Oprah was on my vision board. Mm. And at the top, I wrote, I will meet her. And I have my vision board, even as my screensaver on my phone. And I said, I will work for Oprah Winfrey in 2020. It happened. Oh, my goodness. 
even the year. I'm just, I, yeah, I, I spoke it into existence, and I believe in speaking things. It, it manifests. So what you believe as to who you will become and what you will do, it's all in the power of what you say. It's not about what somebody else says. It's what you believe you are and who you are. It doesn't matter about your degree. It doesn't matter about your education. God will position you and place you where you're supposed to be. Where it is, you're supposed to go, if it's his will, it'll happen. Mm-hmm. But you have to do the work and you have to put yourself in place mm-hmm. to meet people. Because you never know who's going to help you. It could be a stranger in Starbucks just walk up to you and offer you some, whatever. Yeah. You just never know. So you always have to be prepared. That's why I tell people, I tell younger people all the time, be mindful about what you put on your social media. Yes. Because I've had people that have watched me for years, and they tell me, I've watched you for years Mm -hmm. before I reached out to you. And I'm like, good God, you took the time to do that? (laughs) People do. People want to study you to see if you're consistent. Now, if you're a little cray-cray, like if you one minute you selling cookies and the next minute you cussing and acting the fool on social media, yes. people are not so apt to deal with you business-wise. Mm-hmm. They're like, oh, no, she's doing something wrong with that. I'm not. Mm-hmm. So you could have missed out on the opportunity not even knowing mm-hmm. that people are watching you. People are always watching to see what you're doing and how you handle yourself, how you conduct yourself. Yep. So I'm always careful. mindful wherever I'm going. Because you never know what opportunity will be right around the corner for you that could change your life in an instant. Correct, and I, you know, be, and 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 being in Atlanta, you know, I've I've had the opportunity of meeting a lot of celebrities or whatnot. But um, mm-hmm. I, I I got rid of the starstruck stuff years ago. But I always said if I ever meet two people, I probably gonna lose it, and that's one of them is Oprah, and one of them is Tyler Perry. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know what I'm going to do. Well, you can manifest both. You can go ahead and manifest it because he's in the area. So that's possible. Yes, yes. Create your vision board. And you never know. They might be out one day having lunch together. You meet, do a two for one. You meet both of them at the same time. Yes. You, you're right. So you just, you just never know. You're right. And so um, we only have a couple of more questions for Miss Flynn here. But I do want to ask her this question because a lot of people... When they create their vision boards, it's you, mm-hmm. you, you have that initial spunk and fire, and then all of a sudden it just it's just something that collects dust. So if you could tell us if you um as it pertains to um Miss Winfrey or anything on your board, do you look at it every day and when you speak it, you said to speak, um, what does that speak sound like? What does that tone sound like? So my vision board is right there where I can see it every day when I get up. Every day. And I read it because it's amazing. When I create my vision board, I'm not, I don't think I'm thinking. I'm just doing. I'm cutting out. I'm creating words. And I'm just pacing, pacing, putting pictures. And if something I really want that I can't find in the magazine, I will go to Google, look up the picture, and I'll go and print it out at Walgreens, and I'll put it on my vision board. And then once I'm done and I'm finished and God gives whatever, you know, I'm putting this on there. I want this. I want that. I need this. Okay, I want to be here. I want to travel here. Once I'm done, I put it up and then I go back and read it. And then I'm like, oh, wow. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Because he gives me things. So as he gives it to me, I write. And sometimes I just have to write it on the board. And I'm just writing, writing, writing. And then when God stops talking, the writing stops. Mm-hmm. So, so do you have that affirmation? Did you have that like affirmation that um, I will meet Oprah in twenty? Like every day, did you say that? I did. You did every morning. Every morning, because I'm a firm believer. Whatever you feed your spirit in the morning, it manifests. It's very important. What are the first the first few minutes before you get up? What do you tell yourself? Uh huh. Do you tell yourself this is going to be a positive day, a good day? What do you feed your soul when you wake up? Like, I know we all, you know, we pray. Some people pray. Mm-hmm. Uh, I would hope most people do. But if not, what do you tell yourself positive to keep you going during the day? Mm. So you have to think about what you're feeding your mind every day. Like, I listen to inspirational quotes early in the morning on my phone. Yes. So my phone is not too far from my bed. I put my earbuds in, 
and I might listen to Joel Osteen. I might yes. listen to um, Bishop Jakes. I uh, listen to his daughter. Mm. Different motivational things that that come on. Tyler Perry has a few as well. I listen to some things that I have on YouTube that come up. Mm-hmm. But anything that's inspirational, Denzel Washington has a few, and Oprah Winfrey does too. Yep. Yeah. So I'll listen to those in the morning before I get out of the bed, and then I get my day started. And she actually said that too. She said that uh, it was like a. I was like. What is his name? Evan Carmichael. He does those little success clips, like 10, 10 successful steps or something. And, and all of the people that you mentioned are on there, plus some. And she said the first thing that you do in the morning is very important. She said you should not be going on social media first thing or checking emails first thing when you get up. So you right. know, that's absolutely right what you're saying about that. It, yeah. it, it's changed my life because I used to do that. I used to just get up. And either I'm hitting work or I'm hitting, like, seeing what the person has said, if somebody sent me a message. And next thing you know, I'm in this mm-hmm. four or five hour spiral all, all you know, and I didn't even speak over my day. So you're right. Right. Yeah. Yeah. But so you've got to speak over yourself first before you can do anything for anybody else. Exactly. Well, I tell you, you what. You have to. I'm going to do what you said. Um, Everything that you've been saying is duly noted. I love wisdom. Um, A lot of that is lacking these days, but I love wisdom. I love the wisdom that you're carrying. And I am going to put that on my vision board in specific and work on those affirmations around it. I'm going to say mine every day because I'm not going to lie. Sometimes I don't say the same thing every day. I I, I affirm every day, but it may not be a constant thing. But I'm going to narrow that down. And then I'm going to come back soon and let you know my testimony. So, yeah, you have to. And what you need to do is put it somewhere in your bedroom where you can see it every morning and make it where something you want to look at. Bright, you can go get little stickies and color, little cutouts from Michael's. Okay. Go pick up your favorite magazines. And even if uh, the words are not in there, like in straight order, you can cut out letters to create words. Mm-hmm. You can write it on their colorful markers and pictures, but you want to make it where it's appeasing to the eye for you. Okay. So that you look at that every day and you tell yourself, I'm going to do this. I'm going to meet this person. I'm going to go to this country. I'm going to do X, Y, and Z. And when you leave out of your house in the day, you have to believe that in your mind. Whatever you believe will begin to manifest. Sometimes we don't always see it when it happens. But, I mean, it, that's, I do that all the time. That's what I do every single day of my life. And it has been amazing. Even from last year. I, I went to the Oscars. Like, everything just manifests. I met some amazing celebrities there. And when I walked in the room, it was as if I belonged. Everybody treated mm. me like I belonged there. Mm. Mm. So it's just wherever you see yourself is where you'll go. It's not what everybody else thinks. Yeah. Because everybody else might not believe in what you believe in. And you have to be okay with that. Everybody has an opinion, that's fine, but their opinion doesn't impact who I am. Correct. Like, okay, you can think whatever you want to. And that's, again, that goes back to that, hey, girl, hey. Yeah, stay there, stay over there. I'll see you. Hey, girl, hey. Do the wave. (laughs) And keep it moving. But you know where it is that you want to go. And it doesn't, you know, people, I don't want people to feel like, oh, I don't have this degree to do this. I don't have the education. I don't have the years of experience. It doesn't matter. God will qualify you. Mm. Mm. he will qualify you when you look at think about this the the black gentleman that led the mob away from the people that were working at the capitol do you see the promotion that 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 gentleman received Mm. you understand what i'm saying Mm. when it's your time god will elevate you to where you're supposed to be exactly never never saw that coming but just that quick the very next day his whole life changed And now I think he's, I, I, don't, I don't want to quote his, his title, but like over the task force or something, something now, the vice president, like, mm-hmm. come on, Jesus. Mm-hmm. Mm. <laughs> you just have to believe in what it is that you want to do and who it is that you are. Absolutely. Yeah. Now, Miss Flynn, I have one last question about these vision boards. 
Now, mm-hmm. would you say that when you're creating your board that it's great to just put anything? I've, I've seen people that put 50 and 100 things on that board. Or should you just put a few goals on there at a time, cross them out, and then add more? What's been your well, experience? It just depends on what's in your spirit. I put several things on there. And they're like my hot topics on my heart. I put those up there first. Okay. And if I feel led to write more or spiritually, I put it up there. Okay. So whatever it is that makes your soul happy, put it on your board. Okay. It doesn't matter how much. It's up to you what you want to put on the board. And then you can check it off and you'll see things start to manifest and happen. You're like, okay, I can check that off. I have that. Okay. And I can check this off. I can have that. So it's totally, totally up to you. Because your, your board can be as big as you want. It doesn't have to be a small uh, board. It could be a poster board. It could be a triptych in your room if you want to. It's up to you. <laughs> what do you want to see? And sometimes if you're not a visionary, having those pictures in front of you helps to see where it is you want to go. Gotcha. Okay. You know, right. yeah. Lastly, I want you to touch on how you inspire the 50-plus community. Like, what are the key elements of fashion for a woman of maturity? I think the key element is to tell women you're never too old to look sexy and sophisticated. I think somewhere, sometimes along the way, we as women get caught up in our age. And we said, oh, I'm too old to wear that. I'm too old for this. Now, you want to keep it classy and sexy. But for them, I always tell them it's it's never too late. It's never too late to make that shift in life, to do what it is that you want to be happy. That's what's important, is to be happy in this life. Because you only get one chance around the sun, one so make it count. Make it count. Do whatever it is that makes you happy. Stop worrying about what other people think because it's not for them. It's for you. Uh, it's for you. And that's what I tell them. I tell women that that are, are up in age now, 15, 60 year old. I talk to women all different ages all the time. All the time. And some women have never had anyone in their lives from childhood up to now, women that are older than me, that have never said kind words to them. Like, I'll give you an example of one lady, and I'm, I'm not going to be on this long. Like the preacher said, I'm not going to be before you <laughs> No, you're good. <laughs> she was one of these ladies. I, I did a just a group with ladies, an exercise. And uh, I'll never forget, she told in the, in the scenario, she said she was messing with a married man. And that uh, that's what she wanted to do. And when she saw him out with his significant other, she would put her feelings on the shelf and didn't worry about it. She might have cried when she got home. And I don't worry about it. I'm fine as long as he brought me the money. And she went on and on and on and on and on. And I stopped her. And I said, don't you feel that you're worth so much more than that? Uh-huh. And she just kind of paused and looked at me, like eyes bucked wide open. And I told her, I said, you are a queen. I said, you are a beautiful lady. You don't have to subject your heart to that. That lady wept like a child in my arms. And she told me, she said, I'm only doing what I've always saw my mama do. What? So we have to break that generational curse. It's never too late. And from that day forward, she no longer saw that gentleman again. And now she has met the man of her dreams. But it's all in who do you have speaking to you and who's pouring into your spirit. Some people have never had anybody to pour into their spirit, so it's never too late. I don't care what age. You're never too late to change. You're never too late to make a shift. Because when you think about, do you remember the old lady that was in the movie Wakanda? Yes. That was her first acting gig. She was in her 80s. Yes, it sure was. And the awards and the accolades that she received in her 80s. First film, her agent uh, landed for her. Mm. In her 80s. She's known now all over the world in her 80s for being in that 
star-studded film in that role. People will never forget her in her 80s. So yet again, I say to all my older ladies that are listening, it's never too late to do what you want to do and be who it is that you want to be. I don't care about the age. Go for it. Like my dad said, life is a gift. You better go get it. You got 24 hours in a day. Use it up. Make it worth your while and worth your time. And enjoy your life and live it to the fullest. Yes. I like your dad's advice, too. He didn't got that girl to back up off of you earlier. Then he telling you about how to spend this time. I love it, man. Um, All right. So last question, you know, um, with the pandemic going on, suicide depression rate has skyrocketed because people are now having to face whatever they've been going through, um, you know, under quarantine and just being, you know, confined in the in the home more. So. You've already touched on some of this, but this is your chance to give any final remarks. Now, what advice would you give to the aspiring entrepreneur of any age? And also, what advice would you give to the the woman that is seasoned in age, but she has low self-esteem paired with the voice of reason telling her that it's too late? Hmm. For that woman, I would want her to journal her emotions down on paper. And I would want her to do, as I said, every day, find video clips, audio clips of positive affirmations to listen to every day. I know we can't all get out of our homes. Some cities are, like, total lockdown. They're not able to. You can't visit people like you once could. But start journaling. Start writing. It's important to get that out on paper. Don't hold that all in your head. There are different, even support groups on social media, women empowering women. You have a lot of those. Reach out to some of those groups that are on social media. Do your homework. Do your due diligence. Because now more people are on social media than ever because we're stuck in the house. Reach out to some of those groups. You can meet people from all over the world just conversating. You're not trying to go on a date. It's not a dating app. But just to have a fresh set of ears or a fresh conversation with different people over the globe, it makes a difference. So you're you're broadening broadening your horizon. Uh, To my entrepreneurs, no matter what it looks like, no matter how crazy it seems, don't give up. You've got to push whether you, the money is there. Keep going. Even if you have to write it down to you, can, it'll, it'll start to start writing it down. What do you want to do? What it is that you want to go? What is it that you want to be? What, it is, what is it that you want to build? Start working towards it. Do a little something every day. And if you start, make sure you write it down and make it plain. The pieces will come together. Find whatever it is that you want to do. You can find different groups, like I said, on social media that might be doing or interested in the things that you want to do. Like there's some type of group now on um, Clubhouse that people are everybody talking about, this networking app for people with iPhones. Get involved. Find a friend that has uh, some invites where you can get into Clubhouse and meet people that are possibly doing what it is that you want to do, as well as find mentors. You know, everybody needs a mentor. I have about five. We all need mentors to help us. I don't care how old you are, how how young you are. Everybody needs a mentor. So I would say find a mentor that can help cultivate your gift and to point you in the right direction of where you where it is that you're trying to go. But the main thing is, don't stop. Even when it looks like it's not going to happen, don't stop. You have to keep going. You have to push. And sometimes you have to push yourself because not everybody will understand, and then you can't share your vision with everybody as well. So you have to be able to push and motivate yourself. Mm. Well, y'all heard it. Camille Flynn. What a time that I had with Camille. What a time that I had with my friend. What a time, what a time, what a time, what a time. What a time that I had with Miss Flynn. Yes, y'all know me. I gotta do something off the box at least once a month. 
that's just me. But man, um, all right, professional. I had to sing on this because this interview really pierced my soul. Like to hear about how she enhanced the beauty of those women who were abused um, and, and she dealt with bullying, you know, all of that stuff. And then being called Husky, like I don't like that name. I don't like that name. Like that's not right to me. But what really impressed me was the way that she handled things and the way that she carries herself. And it's just like when she talks, it's just such a grace that I feel, honestly, because it sounds like if this might sound crazy, I hope this comes out right. But if your heart had lips, that's that's what it would sound like. She completely poured out to us like we were just, you know, like we were all just family and friends and close to her. Like she's so genuine. And that's what I really love about her. So if you would like to connect with this fabulous woman, be sure to check out her website at www.camia-flynn.com. Don't worry, I'll link all of the spelling below. Now, as for me, and to keep up with my movement, why don't you go on over to www.cu-nw.com. And just remember that when you are truly fed up, or you gonna change up. But after you've changed up, then what? I'll see you next week for more inspiration.